moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. everyone and welcome to Moving to Oneness, a podcast via Zoom today so you get to see us. I'm Denise Hansard and I'm your co-host here in the Chicagoland area. And in Germany we have Mylene Elke. <laughs> and introducing you today to a wonderful lady, and that's why we're um, on Zoom today everyone, it's uh, Lisa McGregor from Vancouver. Thank you for joining us on the Moving to Oneness show. Thank you. And uh, everyone, I got introduced to her through a celebration of a friend. So it's so important that we go out into the world and take the time to celebrate each other because suddenly there is something that we can't fathom. So I couldn't fathom that I would get connected with beautiful Lisa and to find out so many beautiful aspects she does in her life. She is um, multifaceted like many of you and like Denise and me. And today I'll pull out just a little small inkling of her vastness. (laughs) <laughs> to share with you, to inspire you, and much more. So welcome, Lisa, and love to um, ask you for a moment, what enlightens you in your day? Oh, when you wake up. Oh, I, I think what enlightens me is, is, uh, is possibility, and, and really just this idea that uh, we can create a better world, and we have the the capacity within us to to really um, envision that right now, and that's that's what's really uh, getting me out of bed, and 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 just that's my excitement is just the possibilities um, for the world we can create as we move forward. So, yeah, and it, this is so beautiful, and um, we spoke a lot when we got together last time in a beautiful conversation about uh, landscapes, new visions of how to live together in community, how to design businesses with a purpose. So everyone stay tuned for another show when I'll bring on. But today there is something very special to uh, my heart. Lisa just uh, launched a few weeks ago, if I'm uh, correct, a children's book, An Alphabet for Humanity. And I... Can you share a little bit of how you got started? I have to say it's been one of the most fulfilling and, and heartwarming things I've ever done, apart from, you know, raising my family and my, my sons. Um, it, it, it was an incredible experience. I, I've been writing in my journal for more than 10 years now. Uh, that I wanted to make a difference in systems change and in particular in education. And I got this idea while I was at the beach last year with my son. He was three. And 
he looked at me in this, in this moment while we were playing at the beach and it was like his soul was speaking to me. And he was asking me the question, you know, mom, what else have you got for me? And I realized at that point, you know, I, I'd done everything that I thought I was supposed to do. I taught him the alphabet and letters, colors, numbers, um, you know, trying to keep up with whatever those milestones are. And, and it, it dawned on me in that very moment, you know, why is it that I haven't taught him words like compassion or empathy or diversity? And so in that very moment, I got inspired to write a list of alphabet words and, and they just came streaming through and I wrote this list down and I came home and I shared it with my, my husband and he was like, Lisa, this is profound. You, you've literally rewritten the alphabet. And uh, I started teaching them to my son and it was incredible to me because within a short space of time, like a few days, he'd literally memorized this new alphabet. And, and I thought, wow. And I st we started talking about the concepts. What does compassion mean? What does empathy mean? And uh, he was all excited about it. And I realized, wow, there's something here. I need to bring this to the world. There's something that was, that was calling me to, to create something. And uh, so we decided to launch a campaign. We did a Kickstarter uh, project to, to launch a book. And uh, long story short, uh, you know, fast forward now, like six months since that, that original idea, um, the book has taken hold. It's been used by educators and parents all around the world. And people are just so um, loving this idea that we're coming back to our shared humanity and really connecting with our hearts. And that's really sort of what my intention was behind the book was how do we create a heart-based education? Because so much of our education system has been focused on the concepts of the mind and it's been focused on um, the academic side of life and, and it's all sort of in the head. And I, I, you know, I was thinking to myself as a woman in my 40s, who's still learning how to connect with my heart. You know, how important that is for us to teach our children from an early age how they can connect with their hearts and how they can connect with the hearts of others. And then the other big piece that I'm really passionate about is how do we reinstill that love for nature and that connection for, with nature. And I feel like, you know, that's a big piece for the future of our education for children. And so it's, uh, it's been a wonderful project. And yeah, I'm just very passionate about this idea that we can transform education and create a better world through what we're actually teaching around the concepts of, of, of really a heart-based education. Oh, Lisa, I love that. And um, I, I have a lot of friends who are teachers here in the United States. And they have that connection to their students coming from the heart and yet there's a curriculum that they have to follow. Yeah. It's that box that they have to stay into because of our organization and the system of where we have to check it off. We did this, 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 just to get funding, et cetera, and everything like that. Yes. And so the whole um, aspect of bringing the heart back into it not from a teacher's love and the children's love for them or anything like that but as as a program to teach you know as a part of that holistic viewpoint of where our system which i love the educational system and how we can make it even better and expand it out 
Absolutely. And, that, and that's the exciting part is that we're moving into this new paradigm and we're all recognizing the social and emotional learning aspects. And, and I always say, you know, I, I'm the same as you. I have all of these friends that are teachers and they are the change makers. They are the stewards of this, this new generation. And, uh, and, and I agree. I mean, I think that this is really where the paradigm shift can happen. Um, you know, moving away so much on the, the focus of the standardized tests and, and all of the, you know, the, the core components. Um, and how do we shift into, you know, more of the aspects of the heart and creativity and um, character development and vir like virtues and values. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's what's interesting is just how do we, how do we make the education system better just by, by, you know, providing these tools and these, these resources. And, and actually one of the reasons I decided to write the book is I thought as a busy parent, I would get to the end of the day sometimes and I'd feel so sad because I realized I didn't teach my son anything meaningful today. And I wanted something that would allow me to get to the end of the day and, and have a tool that I could use to really create and spark those meaningful conversations and, uh, and, and really close the loop on uh, what the education system is starting to bring about as far as social and emotional learning. So yeah, it's very exciting times. It's very exciting times. I love yeah, it. I love it. Is, yeah. Oh, sorry, Marvin. <laughs> Go ahead. It's so exciting. We all want to talk at once. Everyone, you, you could see all our faces, um, whoever is listening. I would love you, Lisa, to open the book and, and maybe read a few pages and show them. I want to know, as we always know, A is for Apple. So what is A for? <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes, actually. Um, a is for abundance. Mm -hmm. Abundance is knowing there is enough for you and enough for me. The more that I give to others, the more I receive. Oh, I just got chills on that one. Thank you. Oh, my God. That is beautiful. Oh, I want M for Mylene. <laughs> <laughs> and moving to oneness. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I just, oh, I get so too. Do the O then as well. <laughs> and the L, please. Project. Um, M is for mindful. Mindful is noticing what is happening inside of me and around me. I am mindful when I take a moment to pause and breathe. Mm, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. I mean, I, what I was going to say before is our education system has worked for us for these many, many, many hundreds and thousands of years. And so now it's not that we're going to throw, as I say, kind of it's a Southern version, you know, uh, colloquialism. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. That's right. We want to enhance, take what has worked before and enhance it into this new paradigm, this new shift, this new world that we're all going into. And I have two grandnieces and a grandnephew. And my oldest grandniece is almost five. And she is, I mean, they're all extremely brilliant. I'll just say it now, <laughs> who they are. But what I'm seeing with children that are younger um, is the aptitude that they have for curiosity, for learning and expression and creativity. There's no worm, bug, snake, anything dead on the ground or alive that she won't pick up and go, what about this? Yeah, so it's creating from there. 
it's incredible. And I, I, I sense that too, you know, the, the, the profound depth of, of these little beings, these little humans that are, they're coming into the world right now is just incredible, you know, and I just feel, um, I, I, I see the same thing. I'm just, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about just um, how we can continue nurturing that. You know, I've been really inspired by Sir Ken Robinson, the fellow that um, really unleashed one of the biggest TED Talks in all, all, of all times, really talking about creativity in the school system and, and really how we, how we can harness that within our children, really just to continue inspiring the creativity. Um, and, you know, it's, it's exciting. And, and I think also the big piece too is, Moving away, like I, I've been thinking about this myself and my husband, uh, this, this whole paradigm of the competition that takes place in education and the competing for the right grades. And then um, I listened to another TED talk that was talking about how, you know, children can also shape their, their identity um, through a mark, right? If they get a bad grade. Exactly. And I know for myself, I mean, what I actually realized as I started to inquire even deeper as to why this project meant so much to me. I thought about when I graduated from school and I, do, I don't remember having, you know, thinking much of myself, you know, I didn't, uh, my marks were average. I didn't think I was smart. I did certainly didn't think I was creative. And I remember in my twenties, I went through a lot of anxiety because I was doing very well in my career. I'd work, I built a technology company and I was working with engineers, but I had this massive anxiety because I didn't actually believe that I was smart enough to work with those people. And Little did I know that these, you know, as I started to think more about it, I'm like, wait a minute, these, these people actually wouldn't have a job if I didn't build the company, right? And so it was, <laughs> and I, I actually got this idea from a Harvard professor that was talking about how we all have multiple forms of intelligence. And we certainly cannot label ourselves by saying we're only, you know, we're not smart, when in actual fact, the intelligence takes on so many forms. And so I realized that that's why I'm so passionate about this. It's like, how do we change the paradigm so we're not labeling our children as smart or not smart, and, and we can encourage those multifaceted aspects of, of children. Yeah. And the other one is self-love. I'll share you, Mylene, you were asking me about at love. And um, in, in the particular book that I, in this, this particular scene I wrote, love is uh, loving is treating people with respect and gentle care. And when I love myself, my love for others grows and grows. Mm. And ah. so this whole concept of self-love, right? And self-appreciation and um, self-compassion. Uh, I, can, I can talk about that for hours, but yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I believe children, they are already full of love. Every being, that's my uh, big thing. We are love. When we are light and we shine bright and, and we're in touch and in tune with anything that exists. That's why... Uh, children are not afraid to pick up anything you know they get if afraid because they observe us and what I love about your book and, and the vocabulary is that it um, you, you picked up words that are really in the principles of or the purpose I should say of the cosmos people always ask what is my purpose so your words in uh, for each letter that's the purpose to live and everyone has a little different uh, aspect of it or different words they pick life is so simple and you're touching on on that right and um also the idea of the parent reading this book right they are reading it to their children so you as a parent please observe 
why, how do you treat your child or how do you listen to your child? So when my son is now 30, but I remember when he was little, he's very wise and he was then very wise. <laughs> he said words uh, with two, three, or he would do certain things where first I had to reflect or remember other people couldn't understand because he would push someone out of a situation that was not good out of him um, for that person, yeah, or that child. So they already come with extreme knowledge because once they are still connected, they have not pulled together children, especially until the age of, of seven. They only see love. They don't have boundaries about things in, in kindergarten and they have to draw a little, you know, have to render in, into the boundaries where we teach them really to, to, to become more narrow-minded. And so everyone out there, take time. And what is even a two-year-old thing? Is it channeling? And, and I think we can see that a lot now with music shows. You know, there's all these talent shows where through talents like this, finally they give, they can say, oh, a 10-year-old can sing like an opera singer. Singer. But they have so much more than just singing. They give us the wisdom and... Um, they can feel us. Mm -hmm. The parent can uh, take time to feel your child and not uh, let it work in your style or the style you have lived. Take it some time here and there and just observe, become aware of how your child acts. And I think your book, in that moment, uh, a parent gets a new... A visual or a new hint or inspiration to take a different look. So, what is love for my child and what is love for me? Yeah, they, you can become as the reader also a child. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Is as we as parents or caretakers or whatever read the book to children, we reflect it back to ourselves. Because how many of us don't need the self love? have the uh, abundance factor. It's like motivational talks that we give to ourselves. <laughs> so we get to absorb those also with it. So you, it really isn't just a book for children. It's a book for everyone. Well, it's so funny that you say that because when I wrote it, I said, I secretly encoded this book for the parents. <laughs> And uh, I even have a fellow in India, believe it or not, who uh, actually was working, he's been working with the Dalai Lama. And he says, Lisa, I'm going to use this book for executive leadership training. He says, we need to get people back connected with their hearts and we need to remind them what it means to live a happy, meaningful, fulfilling life. And, and it's absolutely true. That was, that was my secret agenda behind the book was to, uh, to have these little reminders um, around how to live that meaningful life and, and heart-filled life. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to me because I think, um, you know, a lot of us as parents, we're craving this and grandparents, right? Grandparents want to teach. Um, they want to instill values and, and, uh, and, and we also underestimate how incredibly intelligent these little beings are. You know, it's like, it's, it's just like you said, Marlene, it's just, they, they have so much within them. And I, I mean, I, I'll tell you this really quick story. I was working out with my son and, um, we had this little workout bench one day and we were exercising together and it's one of the things we love doing together. And the poor little guy, he fell off the, the, the bench and he hit his head and thankfully he was okay. 
and we were driving in the car and uh, I said, you know, Max, I said, mommy had so much empathy for you when you fell and hit your head. I said, it, it just was, I felt so sad. I, I, you know, I really had so much empathy. And he goes, mom, he goes, you had a little bit of empathy for me, but you had a lot of compassion. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like nearly veered the car off the road. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I mean, this absolutely is a testament that these young beings, they get that they get these words, they get the concepts. And uh, it, it, yeah, it's just profound to me. It's profound just to to see that they uh, they have so much capacity within them and we are planting those seeds in those formative years as you say Mylene it's just this is this is the time when their subconscious is being imprinted and why not just uh, imprint them with all of the goodness you know as much as we can yeah and I, I love the idea uh, just but while you were speaking it came right what kind of vocabulary do we use as a parent or in a relationship with a partner so that our children can observe and this provides new vocabulary i'm a big believer to improve what we're to observe what words we speak to each other and that children are inclusive like in a big ring too often i say there is the the two parents and yes. the children are separate and through your book, it, it, it supports people in moving into this circle and this embracement mm. where they can uplift each other and start communicating different and also the respect of the communication and the respect of each other because we're so aware of the beauty and... Uh, um, spirituality or light in each other. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, what we want to do now, and, and as we've seen and we're talking about, is this moving to oneness, which is what we're, we're talking about on the podcast today. Everything that we do is a way in which we see the connection um, that is so key, and it's not that far apart. We are one. And it's just the few steps that we take, as you're doing within this book, uh, for, for children, for ourselves, and even for executives, <laughs> you know, to be able to say, this is, it's like going back to the basics as we're creating this new paradigm, this new world, our new life. Uh, personally, professionally, it's about going back to the basics. We never want to throw anything away that worked before. We want to enhance it and shift it to encompass what is going on now and what our future will be. So this is beautiful. And you said before also, uh, uh, Denise, what is so nice is um, that they are our future, the children, yeah. right? And, and they are moving us. And how do we want to move all of us together, even if we move to oneness? Exactly. Yeah, and Lisa, you, you mentioned, yeah, they're our future. So how can we support them now to be the future for us? Well, I, it's, it's profound. Even what you just shared, uh, Denise, I, I, um, I so resonate. I mean, just this idea that we're all learning how to come back to oneness. 
And I had a really profound insight after the book. Um, once we did the big campaign and, and did the Kickstarter and the book was finished, I, I needed a little time to rest because I was pretty, it was, it was a pretty big project. And last year we went to Australia and I decided, you know, I'm just going to spend all my day in, in nature with my son. And I got another profound insight during that time when I realized that I feel like all of the world's problems could be solved by reconnection. And I got this idea that it, it's, it's the reconnection to our hearts. It's reconnecting to the hearts of each other and, and reconnection to nature. And what's been profound, even from having that realization, I've been part of a, a leadership program called uh, the Regenerators Leadership Training. And it's all about, you know, how do we create this regenerative, sustainable future? And we just went through a training talking about how we're in this time where we're actually healing the story of separation. Mm, yes. You know, the story that was, you know, thousands of years ago, we had access to the intelligence of the heart and our, and our connection to nature. And then through the ages of um, the scientific age and the industrial age, that, that there was separation that was created. And, and really this, this new paradigm I feel is, is about us healing that connection. And I realize that's even more profound, you know, just that very idea of that we're healing, we're connecting to our hearts again, we're reconnecting to our hearts, we're connecting to the hearts of others, and, and reestablishing that whole connection. Yeah, and I, you know, I've been reading a lot about this and thinking about it and having my own kind of downloads with it. And again, it goes back to what I said about education or any of our systems. It's not that we're going to throw the good away. There's good in everything. Uh, it's not that we're going to go back to an age where it was a little house on the prairie and we don't have lights or technology or anything like that. Our technology is a means for us to have a simpler life, but it's about creating the oneness even with technology and nature and self and others together. Because as we do that, the expansion of what is and what can be together is going to be mind-blowing it, it's like, yeah I, I can't even it's hard to express into words the vision that i get with this but it's one of those that technology is important but let's don't always rely on technology let's be one with technology be curious with technology not allow technology to give us all the answers because we do have our own answers within us. But understand how that connection is and definitely going out in nature. Mylene knows I'm a nature girl. <laughs> so that feeds my soul with everything. So yes, I could go on and on on this, but <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it is, it's, it's about the balance, right? And that's, that's really what we're called to, even as parents, it's, it's striking that balance between um, that you harnessing the power of the technology and what that can offer to our children. And then how do we make sure that they're staying connected and uh, yes. to their hearts, to the, to nature, to everything. Um, and just, we're, we're creating these whole human beings. Yes. That curiosity and imagination, because that's the part that we don't want to lose. That's where our greatest discoveries come from. Yes. Yes. That's where we, just, where we uh, are true to ourselves. And, in, and I remember when we spoke about your book, Lisa, uh, children feel the truth very much so. And so do we. And everyone, take your time to see where you do you get drawn to because 
it starts really at the nucleus, this harmony, the balance that we so desire, and I think more than ever before. So find it within yourself. Yeah, question yourself. Read this beautiful book to your children or read it for yourself or to, to others in your community and see how you then have this harmony and this balance and this awareness to any other person or animal or uh, plant and how it, what it moves within you, what it makes you feel and you will know what is true. And even in, uh, you were speaking about this, uh, Denise, in technology, things that we are already now experiencing, what is important and you will feel it on how much of it and what can you let go and what can we let go of society and, and our culture so that we can redesign with our beautiful creativity and our magnitude that we all bring to this earth to create a magical earth, <laughs> a beautiful planet. So Lisa, tell us when your book is going to be out and how people can find you. Yes, well, we, we've launched the book now, so it's available. Uh, we just actually put it on Amazon, and I've also got a, a, a website, um, alphabetforhumanity.com. And uh, we've got some other beautiful things. In fact, this is the other thing that I'm excited about right now is I, I realized that, you know, the book is, is one piece. Um, I had some teachers reach out to me and they said, Lisa, we love this so much. And I, I put the idea out there to create a, a heart-based curriculum. And uh, they said, mm -hmm. Lisa, we want it. Tell it, you know, create this for us. And so I've been working with two educators and uh, we're putting together an entire heart-based curriculum uh, that I'm giving away for free because I just believe in just the, the open source, you know, like let's, let's just put this out there. And so I have this children's empowerment kit available online. It's for free. And uh, it really kind of goes into more detail about the words and, and gives parents and teachers ideas on how they can teach the concepts, um, how they can help their children to embody the words that are contained in a new alphabet for humanity. So um, if anyone's interested, they're welcome to download that. Um, we've also got some beautiful posters and um, t-shirts really just um, talking about all of the, all the beautiful words contained in the book. So. Yeah. Uh, what it habitat? What it, new alphabet for uh, alphabet for humanity? Yep. So uh, <laughs> www. Yeah. I know it's it's a hard it's well it was gonna the the word the book is and new alphabet for humanity but I wanted to keep it simple with the website so alphabetforhumanity.com. dot com. Yeah, we'll write it down for everyone to find. So before we close, I would love for you to tell us what the O is. Can you read oh, that really quick? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I think you'll love this one. Oh, every, every page just brought tears to my eyes when I was creating it. I bet. Um, o is for optimistic. Optimistic is always looking on the bright side of life. I am optimistic when I expect good things to happen. Oh. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing today with us. Um, you guys, welcome. this is Lisa McGregor. And definitely go to the Alphabet for Humanity. We'll put that down in the comments and everything. And as we, we love to say, it's about our connection, about receiving and knowing that we're connected together as one. Um, so for everyone, if you have not 
joined us on our Facebook group, please go there. It is Moving to Oneness. It is an open platform as we share these podcasts, Zoom calls, um, and other inspirational information to show how we are all one together. And we would love to have you there with us. Lisa, again, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you both. Yes, Mylene, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Denise.